Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, John Wick Chapter 3. This is the third chapter. Uh, It's John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, if that makes sense. I'm not too sure how I was going to set that up. Uh, But um, uh, basically... We pick up the movie right where, if you haven't heard my review for John Wick Chapter 2, um, you might want to go back and listen to that one because I'm going to be giving away a lot of stuff uh, for this one, as well as a lot of stuff that going into the third one. And I would definitely think, if you have not seen Chapter uh, 2, watch Chapter 2 before you watch Chapter 3. Um, so... We're, we are here at chapter 3. Now, at the end of chapter 2, John because John Wick did business on Continental Grounds, he's become excommunicado. So now he's on the run. And uh, in chapter 3, he's trying to clear his name. And basically, uh, basically, he's doing everything and anything and everything he can to clear his name and the only way to do that is to go to the high hand which is in the middle of the desert somewhere to speak with um, the person who started it all and everything like that and then they there's this ritual you have to go through there's a lot of things that he has to do in order to get excommunicado to get to get that thing lifted off of him in a way he has very few allies left I think uh, in the third film, we still get the return of the Bowery King, played by Lawrence Fishburne, but we're also introduced to a new character, uh, played by Halle Berry, who, despite her past with John Wick, um, is willing to help him any way she can uh, to kind of get excommunicado lifted off of that. And... Um, that's ba- all the while he's trying to clear his name. He's still being, you know, he's still being hunted by a lot of people. And one of the people he's hunted by is this sushi. You think he's a sushi chef, but he's played by um, uh, Mark DeCasos. And come to find out, he's also an assassin and everything like that. There's a great scenes in the movie with him and. Keanu Reeves and everything like that, but this movie has John Wick on the run, basically, and, you know, he's trying, like I said, he's trying to do anything and everything that he can to get this communicado lifted off of him, and it's, I don't want to say it's not looking, huh, excuse me, I don't want to say it's not looking so good, but he goes through hell, like, you thought it was, like I said in the, in chapter two, if you think taking on one Italian if you think taking on one crime family is tough, try taking on all of them at the same time. And I think the action, um, I think the action in the third film really, really intensifies in this one because he's on the run, because he's trying to do any, he's trying to do all that he can to stay ahead of all these assassins. The longer he's, the longer. I think in the movie, the longer he's alive, the bigger the bounty gets, you know, and everything like that. So, you know, they they make it tough. 
they make it really, really difficult for him to kind of just, just to be, uh, just to be out in public is, is a crime for him and everything like that. And when you realize that this network of assassins is global and not just, uh, not just, you know, in New York or in New Jersey and everything like that, you realize that there really is nowhere to go. So the scene now, the one scene I thought that was fascinating is that all of these scenes, all of the scenes where John is in the shit, in the fight, have primarily been at night. If you look, if you look at all three of the John Wick films, every time he's taking out somebody, it's always at nighttime, never during the day. So when we get to the 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 Dubai scene or the Middle East scene, um, where he meets the high the head of the high hand, it's this beautiful desert. It's like this hut. You're thinking of this, like I'm thinking, like they set up the character to be this uh, master assassin who's just far beyond, you know, far beyond anything that we've ever seen before. And it's just this guy in the middle of nowhere. And he asks for, a, you know, he asks for an offer. John, I think John actually cuts off one of his fingers as an offer. And the guy clears him and everything like that. However... Because he got the excommunicado lifted off of his name, the bounty on his head is still active. So, um, a lot of the pe- some of the people, including uh, Mark DeCasos, is still trying to kill him and everything like that. And I thought, you know, that aspect of the film really, really hammers home the fact that this guy, there's really nowhere for this guy to run. And... That being said, it it really goes to show you how much he can actually do and how much he can actually get away with and things like that. The idea of him being on the run rather than rather than him being the hunter, you know, now he's the prey and everything like that. It really goes to show you that, you know, all bets are off. There's not a whole lot he can do about it and things like that. So I think this one feels a lot more you know, it widens the scope on this global network and everything like that. And for a long time, you would think that somebody like John Wick could get ahead of it. And he does for a little while, but you realize it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop at all. It doesn't really do anything that um, that would consider, you know, him safe and everything like that. And you kind of breathe a sigh of relief at the end when, you know, he does kind of get rid of everybody who's kind of, who's left trying to still, you know, capitalize on him and everything like that. But in a sense that in this, in the end, you know, John Wick prevails on not only avenging and getting back at the, the D'Antoni family in part two, but also clearing his name in the process. He had to break a sacred rule in part two in order to get his revenge and now to clear his name about it he had to you know go through an even more uh, even greater hell in order to do it and things like that so the the like i said the action is much grittier it intensifies with every fight scene you know they show you a lot of stuff that you really didn't see in the second one and things like that but it still proves that even in his 50s as he gets up in his age keanu reeves is still a badass and there's no denying that. There's no getting around that. There's no 
there's no sense of like, okay, how can we make this, uh, how can we make this work for a guy like that? And you really can't, you really can't. And the idea that, that John becomes the hunted, the hunter becomes the one who's being hunted throughout this entire film, you know, really goes to show you that, you know, all bets are off. And can one of the most notorious hitmen actually get away with it? And in this film, he does. You know, he's able to do it in a way that is so visceral, so intense, that it leaves you on the edge of your seat with every fight scene he's going into. Because you think there's only so many times he can be saved and there's only so many times he can actually get away. You know, and even though this is a fourth John Wick film, you know, you realize that, you know, eventually the luck runs out. And I'm not saying he dies in John Wick 4, but all I'm saying is that there's only so much you can take from, you know, people like that or from that kind of, you can only take so much punishment from, you know, people who are trying to do you harm and everything like that. And I got to say, John Wick Parabellum, the idea that they they introduce new characters, Angelica Hudson is in this film. I want to say she's one of the people who trained John Wick in the art of what he does and everything like that. She's a ballet school, which is a front and everything like that. I thought that was interesting. And, um, just the idea that, that rather than giving the whole scope, this character arc to John Wick, they've widened the scope on the characters within this universe that they've created and everything like that, which I've always thought was fascinating in every sense of the word. And just, you know, just the idea of him being, just the idea of him being the hunted really, really kind of goes to show you that, you know, they have to make him a target in order to stop him. And they think even though, yeah, he's John Wick, this, you know, retired hitman with a crazy backstory and everything like that, that he'd still be an easy target no matter how many assassins they send at him and everything like that. But unfortunately, some people, some people don't get that. Some people don't get that message all the way through and they have to learn the hard way that you don't fuck with a guy like John Wick. Remember he's a man of principle and sheer will. Always remember that. And uh this movie was it was great. It was I, I got to say that this is one of the very few franchises that you can watch all three of the films and be entertained all the way through. There's never a dull moment. There's never a, a drop off point. There's never the sense of now I think John doesn't really have vulnerability in two or three like the way he does in part one. And, you know, he doesn't show that side really at all. You see a lot more anger in part two, and then you see a lot more desperation in part three. And, you know, who knows where we end up when we get to John Wick 4, but, you know, the 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 the, the roller coaster of emotion this character goes through, not just through one movie, but through this entire film franchise is astonishing. And to say that, you know, he hasn't really earned his leave of absence or has earned his freedom is an understatement. You know, that guy did go through hell not only to clear his name, but to get the bounty lifted off of him and everything like that. And then not to mention what he went through just to get out of that line of work in the first place. So you really got to take with a grain of salt that he's, like I said, he's a man of principle. You take with a grain of salt that he's trying, he has one one job and one job only to clear his name and you can either stop him or you can die trying 
and you know everybody's got to learn the hard way with these films and I just think these are these films are fantastic no matter what people say some people dismiss these films like a generic action film but now nah, these these films have revolutionized reinvented rejuvenated the action genre because for a long time you know they didn't make movies like that you know the hand-to-hand thing was never hand-to-hand stuff hadn't been popular for a while like i would think that you know because they stopped kind of doing stuff like that like unless it was a movie like creed where it's about boxing or unless it was about a sport like that it didn't really revolve around hand-to-hand stuff the way they did in these movies it was just a shootout you know everything like that the fast and the furious had a few of those hand-to-hand things and everything like that but you know, it's just that a lot of, for some reason, it's like they stopped doing it. Like, even in the superhero films, they kind of just all stopped doing it because it became more like a big CGI fest. Even though they re, they brought it back with the Russo brothers in, you know, Winter Soldier and Civil War and later on Shang-Chi and the uh, Legend of the Ten Rings and things like that. But I feel like hand-to-hand combat, like martial arts, you know, straight-up bare-knuckle fighting movies are not are not a thing anymore. You know, like those movies of old, like the Jackie Chan films, the Jet Li films, the Donnie Yen films, and everything like that. I kind of miss those type of action movies, like Rumble in the Bronx, Romeo Must Die, Cradle to the Grave, you know, movies like that, you know. And I think John Wick kind of brought all that back and gave it a modern twist that it could be cool to see that in this type, because rather than just have a taste of it and be like, oh, we've seen those movies, we've seen movies like that before. And Keanu Reeves has done movies like that before. I mean, if you haven't seen, you know, fucking The Matrix, you know, you're definitely missing out and everything like that. But this felt more gritty and it felt more um, more visceral in a sense. And I think that, and I think that that John, and I think the John Wick franchise has really kind of brought that into the forefront, but modernizing it so well that you forget that movies like that exist. Because I don't even think, you know, even though Tom Cruise kind of does that in the Mission Impossible series, it's done on such a grand scale that people still overlook the John Wick stuff, and I don't think they should. I mean, I'm hearing great things about John Wick 4, and I'm excited to see it, but John Wick 1, 2, and 3 have been a damn near perfect a perfect trilogy so far, and the fact that this this trilogy does not have a dip, and we're already going into our fourth chapter, you know, it takes a lot, man. You know, there's not a lot of trilogies that go that far and are that good that don't have a dip in quality really at all. I don't think there's any franchise outside of maybe the Mission Impossible. I didn't really like Mission Impossible 2. And then 3, 4, 5, and 6 have been amazing. I can't wait for 7, which is supposed to come out this year, and everything like that. And then, of course, the Marvel films all have the same thing, but you can look at those films individually and see that there is a dip in quality in a certain way, in a certain film and everything like that. Like, Iron Man was good. Iron Man 2 and 3 were not. Captain America's films were amazing. Captain America 1 was pretty good, but Captain America 2 and 3 were fucking awesome. That's not a dip. That's a that's a, that's a a rise and everything like that. So, But for John Wick, all three films to remain consistently good and then to top it off, the fact that they're saying that John Wick 4 is probably the best one of them all, I mean, hell, what? How, how could this be wrong and everything like that? Um, the Continental series is supposed to be a spinoff series about the Continental, just the Continental itself, 
and everything like that. That looks definitely look forward to. But if you have not seen any of the John Wick films, definitely look them up. If you have them on, if you have Peacock, they're all on Peacock. Um, I think the first John Wick is on Netflix. Um, but yeah, all three films are on Peacock right now. Definitely check them out. If you happen to see them on home video, definitely pick them up. I would purchase them. They are some of Keanu Reeves' best work, not only as an actor, but also as an action star. This guy really knows how to uh, convey action. The, really, the guy is one of the most underrated action film, underrated action stars of all time. For him to have a stellar franchise with, you know, not only the stuff he did in the 90s, but even now and everything like that, you know, it's just, it goes to show you what an amazing talent Keanu Reeves is. And uh, I can't wait to see um, John Wick Chapter 4. And everything like that. Man, I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, but anyways, guys, that's going to go ahead and do it for today's episode. If you like the episode, be sure to follow the podcast on all podcast outlets. Um, uh, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play, Odyssey, Reddit, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Uh, make sure you follow the podcast on all social media outlets, Instagram and Twitter, the Madhouse 21 uh let me know what you guys thought about john wick chapter three parabellum did you like it where do you rank it in the in the overall uh series is it better than part two is it better than part one whatever the case may be let me know instagram and twitter the madhouse 21 um be on the lookout for more episodes as they come out like i said john wick chapter four officially drops in theaters today and uh when i get the first chance that i get to go see it i will definitely drop a review and let you guys know about what i thought about that film uh be on the lookout for more episodes as they come out i believe last night i dropped my review for mandalorian episodes three and four i will be trying to keep that up as we get into episodes five so be on the lookout for that be on the lookout for anything and everything that comes out of this podcast and of course as always guys be sure to embrace your inner madness